The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12? I want to read a passage of scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The message this morning is called Connected and Flourishing. Connected and flourishing. While you're finding 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that's right. Just testing to see if you're awake and people on the front row are awake. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. While you're finding that, I, I love the book of Genesis. Does anybody else love the book of Genesis? Uh, just fantastic first mentions. There's lots of first things in Genesis. So when you open up the book of Genesis, chapter 1 talks about the creation of the world. When you read about the creation of the world, what you'll notice is that over and over again, God looked at what he created and the Bible says, and God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was good. And so over and over in Genesis chapter one, you get this phrase mentioned, and God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. Then you come to Genesis chapter two, and the first mention of what God saw that was not good. And so in Genesis chapter 2, you find the first thing in the whole Bible about what God saw that was not good. And most of us would say, well, obviously God saw sin and it was sin that wasn't good. No, that's not the thing that God saw that it wasn't good. We find this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says that God saw man... And when he saw man, he said this, it is not good that man is alone. And so the first thing that God saw that was not good was aloneness. And God looked at aloneness and said, that's not good. And so today I want to talk to you about not being alone, but being connected. Because God sees aloneness as something that is not good. Now, some of you might say, yeah, but, but at least I won't get hurt if I'm alone. Well, that's not good either because all you're doing is making a decision based on a past hurt. And that's not the way to live life. You can't live your life governed by past hurts. Past hurts will control you in the negative What you need to do is release yourself from past hurts so that you can make decisions based on what you're finding in front of you. You've got to make decisions out of wisdom, not out of reaction in life. Can I just say to you that every decision that's made out of a reaction will not be your best decision. You've got to make decisions out of response to the situation at hand, not reactions to unresolved stuff from the past. I've got a little bit more to say about that later on. But let's read this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that says this, verses 25 to 27, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Wow. This is so important that we understand this, that the Bible refers to the church as the body of Christ. Its reference is that we are meant to be a living organism, not 
a lovely organisation. And so often people make churches just lovely organisations. Whereas what this scripture says, it's not just a lovely organisation, it's a living organism. And so the metaphor that's used is the metaphor of a body. Nobody looks at a body and says, that's a lovely organisation of parts and pieces. Well, maybe some of you might, but let me tell you, guys, if you find a girl and you say, wow, you're a lovely organisation of bits and pieces, you won't get the second date, guarantee you. But we're a living organism that gives life, that, that ministers life. And so, and so what the scripture does here, it gives us four descriptions of what a living organism does. It's got to be united. No schisms, no divisions, united. We're building one-on-one, we're, we're connected to each other. This, this whole thing of schisms is like amputations. So a schism is when something's cut off. And what a horrible thing it is when someone, for whatever reason, gets cut off from the body and is separated because we lose that valuable member from the body. That val- every, every member is valuable and every member works when we operate together. Just so important that we understand this. Then the next thing that it says is not only are we united, but we are caring, care for one another, care for one another. That whole caring for one another is just so important that we care for, and and caring for one another is just becoming aware, not being a boof head. How many of you know boof heads are just totally self-focused, how many of you know boof heads? Don't, no, no jabbing anybody in the ribs, please. Huh? This is the house of God. But a boof head is someone who's just so focused on themselves that the whole world revolves around them. The Bible says, stop being a boof head, but be careful. No, I mean, that's the JIV that says that. The John Juliana version says, don't be a boof head. But, uh, but it says here to care for one another. It's so important that we're aware to care. And you can't care if you're not aware, and you need to be aware to care. Don't be a buffet. Okay, so, so then it goes on and it says, when you're aware, then if, if one member suffers, because we're connected, we suffer as well. Or if one member is honored, because we're connected, we rejoice with the member that's on it. Because we're connected, it's like your pain is my pain, your joy is my joy. We're connected. We're a living organism that's connected to each other. And so when you're connected, then you give. And it's not out of demand. It's because you're me, I'm you. We're together. And that's what the church of Jesus Christ is all about. It's called his church, the body of Christ. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Jesus is building the church. And so if you are at work building the church, you're on Jesus' side. How many of you know that there's an enemy called the devil? And what's his job? To destroy the church. What's his job? To pull down the church. What's his ambition in life? To destroy all that Jesus builds. And so then what you've got to work out is this. Am I building or am I tearing down? Am I one of those people that speaks well of the church and builds it up? Or am I one of those people that's negative and tears down the church and destroys it? 
Because you can automatically work out whose side you're on as to whether you're building the church or tearing down the church. Simple as that. So if you know people that are tearing down the church, but they do it in Christianese, they do it in spiritual speech, and they think, yeah, 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 we're doing great things for Jesus. No, you're not doing great things for Jesus. The people that are doing great things for Jesus are building the church, not tearing it down. The people that are doing great things for Jesus love, the Bible also calls the church the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. That's who we are. We're the bride of Christ. My beautiful bride has been married to me now for 34 years. She's the love of my life. I am more in love with Anne than I was the day I married her, and I was passionately in love with her then. But, you know, just as you get older, you just become more entrenched and more connected. So do you want to get me angry? Start criticizing my wife. You know, if you, you know, start saying bad things about Anne. You start saying bad things about Anne in front of me, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, you're right. My goodness. You know what? I see that as well. Wow, mate, you're just, you're just reading my mind there. You know, let me tell you something. Part of who I am is to defend. And so you start criticizing my wife, you're going to get me pretty upset and I'm going to be defending her. We are the bride of Christ. What do you think Jesus is going to say about people that, that talk bad about his bride, that tear down his bride? Don't you get caught up in that? Seriously. And if, and if someone's tearing down the church and you feel grieved about that, you're on the right side. If someone's tearing down the church and you feel, you know, sort of, let's get more gossip, you're on the wrong side. Do you hear what I'm saying here? So, so it's so important. And, and when we're talking about the church, we're not talking about the organization. We're talking about the organism that's made out of different members. So the church is not the building. The church is you. The church is me. The church is each other. That's the living organism. It's us together, not the carpet and the chairs and the lights and the building. That contains the church. It's not the church. You're the church. I'm the church. Together, we're building the church. And that's what it's all about. So, so if you connect, you will flourish. If you disconnect, you will die spiritually. Let, let, me, let me just give you an illustration of what it means to connect. Where's Edwin Davis? Come, come, come on down. Edwin Davis, come on down. One of our connect leaders. Indeed. Indeed. And um, how, how long have you been running your connect group now? It's just four years. It it's was, a f- it was four four years. years? Are you I, kidding me? Yeah, I, it was like the other day you came from was. England. Yep. So we came five years ago yeah. from England. And um, four years ago, you came out and saw me with that material that you had. That, uh, yeah. The so you yeah, I running. remember that. I think we were in Kalara at the time and you came there. And yeah, yeah, we just kicked off then. Four years ago. Yep. And so you run a connect group on Saturdays? Saturday evenings, yep. Um, at 6.30, uh, start with a fellowship meal. Um, and what does that look like? That looks like great. That's just food. That looks That's like like, great. <laughs> <laughs> everyone brings a plate, and yeah. uh, we've got such a mixed group. Yeah, uh, they all bring different foods. And so, it's what's, what's your favourite? Tom, oh, what's gee, your favourite? Gee, gee. Oh, Any, anything hot and spicy. Hot and spicy. Hot and spicy. Okay, so you got uh, it. Hot and spicy. Uh, Anybody else like hot and spicy? Hello, <laughs> I'm there. Okay, it's nearly lunchtime. Let's move on yeah. to that <laughs> subject. So, um, 
So what what else happens in your group? You've got a family group, haven't you? Yeah, sort of the we, kids come and... Yeah, as I said to you, John, at the time, um, getting out midweek was difficult for us with smaller kids at the time. Now they're uh, older, obviously, that's a little bit easier. But not having somewhere where the family can connect together. Yeah. Um, thought there might be a wider need in the church for that as well. So we put it out there and uh, formed a, a connect group that was involving of the, the children. So we've got 25 in our group, 15 adults and 10, I say children, you know, teenagers. Um, And so... That must be ready to multiply. Yeah. Oh, well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The food's really good, John. Don't say that. Um, Well, someone else can enjoy it. Yeah, okay. Of course, of course. So this morning we had Joyce Harkness talk and Joyce's husband passed away 11 years ago. So Joyce has got three children. And so Joyce decided to come to your group with the children. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they've, they've just had some big challenges with Mary's operation. Mary, um, Joyce's eldest daughter, had her large intestine removed because of some challenges in her life. The whole large intestine was removed. So, so tell me from your end, what, what did you feel when you, when you were hearing about Mary's challenges? Mm. And uh, t- tell, me, tell me, how did the group respond to that? So look, um, from the day the Harkness have blessed us and joined us in the in the group, um, we you know we've been um, sharing in that journey. Um, Joyce bringing up three beautiful children um, as a single mother, um, which is something I related to, and that was my situation as well, being a, a youngster with no father. Um, and you know they, they're they're an absolute blessing to us, but they've obviously um, been on a journey with that, and there's sometimes when. You're there to listen and support the group through those difficult times, um, as we've all had them. And we've known for a while with Miri uh, that uh, she's been working through some health, uh, serious challenges, and we've been praying for her. So we've done um, times when we've had the chair in the middle of the room and we've all gathered round and uh, I was going to get the cooking oil on the head and anoint her, but I think that would have ruined her hair, so we didn't do that. So we got round and we laid on hands and we prayed with her. Um, it's practical support things, and uh, obviously at the time when Miri was in hospital, uh, Sue organised some, some food. Um, but it's, it's that prayer support. We've often prayed, and each of us individually and collectively pray for Miri and the, the wider family. Um, and they bless us with their support and prayers as well. Um, Joyce and I are close, and we, we meet up now and again outside of Connect Group um, in North Sydney, uh, near our works, and we get together and uh, just share life and talk about the things of the day. Um, wow. So that's, it's good to share with her. But it was part of our family. Um, we're very close as a group. Um, yes, they won't leave, and that's good <laughs> for me. So we are a tight-knit group. Uh, we've all been through, I think I was counting... Uh, three house moves, eight job changes, two people in hospital with you know complications and serious things. So it's life events that you go through with each other, and uh, you know you shed tears uh, at the sad times, and you uh, you rejoice when wow. it's the good times. See, see, Edwin, yeah, give give him a great big applause. That's awesome, because. Edwin, that's what it's all about. That's what we're trying to with all of our hearts establishing here is that sort of connection where we don't just come, do the religious obligation, go home, and that's it, we've done church. It's this, it's doing the journey together. It's feeling the the connection in such a way that 
we can share each other's joys and we can share each other's challenges. So one of the wonderful things is that joy sees you like a brother and uh, it's just so wonderful to have you in the Harkness family and for your family to be connected to their family and our family is just so beautiful and I applaud you for creating that culture within your connect group. Let's give him another great big applause. God bless you. See, that's just a simple illustration of being connected and flourishing. Because all of us have challenges in life. And all of us need to share the joys in life. How many of you know that if there's a joy that comes your way, it's not amplified until it's shared? You know, I mean... Today you sang happy birthday to me. That's, and, you know, the other people in our church whose birthday, that's, that's, a, that's a bit embarrassing, but it's still, it's a joy. So, but to have your own birthday and just, you know, light your own candle, have your little cupcake and blow it, happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me, just, it's not quite the same. There's got to be things in life that you share with others. To have the little Bennett baby here this morning, you know, just... How beautiful is that for us to be able to share this beautiful little baby? What a beautiful little grace, beautiful little baby for us to share and say, how wonderful. This is awesome. A little miracle of God. And it just makes them feel like they're part of a family. And, you know, we got little river on the way. A river, a, a little castle. And uh, we can't wait for Little River to get here. But, you know, it just makes them feel so connected when we own the baby. And so I was talking to, uh, to, to Drew this morning. And what's River going to call you, Pastor John? Pastor John sounds a bit too formal. Uncle John, a little strange. What about Nonno, Grandpa? I thought, yeah, I'm, I, I can cope with that until my children give me my, um, my spiritual children will give me children. If my physical children might, but they're coming, glory to God. No pressure, Christelle. She's getting married in three weeks' time. No pressure whatsoever. She has said, as Drew, you go and give my father children because I can wait. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's about flourishing by being connected. Let me share with you three reasons why we need to be connected. First reason is, well, you know, it's, it's not in any, in any order. It's just three reasons. So one is the safety factor. When you're connected, you're actually protected. Connected means protected. Disconnected means unprotected. And so there's this passage in Deuteronomy 25 verse 18 in the Old Testament. And it talks about how God was punishing the Amalekites And the reason he was punishing them was because they were the enemy of the children of Israel. They were the enemies of God. And the reason they were the enemies was because they were picking off the children of God. So you know the story with Israel coming out of Egypt, going to the promised land. Two million of them just on the journey through the wilderness. And the Amalekites, they hated these people. And they thought, well, you know, we can't defeat them in the middle because they have strength. But what we can do is damage them. At the rear. And so at the rear is where the stragglers held out. They were tired and weary. And so the stragglers who were straggling at the rear became targets for the enemy. And so the enemy would just take shots. Bang, bang, bang. And so 
Before the, the centre strength could come, the Amalekites had disappeared and the stragglers were dead and buried. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that those that are connected are protected. Those that are disconnected are like the stragglers and it becomes a safety issue. With, with, with connection, you get encouragement. With disconnection, you're on your own and discouragement is only just around the corner. I'm telling you, I don't know anyone that backslides in the middle of a move of God. They backslide when they just start taking some steps out. You know, that's what backsliding is all about. You're just back, backing down, you're backing out. And in anything, when you are backing down and backing out, you don't have the encouragement that you need. You don't have the encouragement that you need. Let me tell you, that's not just in church life, that's in anything in life. Hey, I don't know if you noticed, but towards the end of last year, I'd put on a fair bit of that weight that I'd lost. How many of you noticed that? Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> you're not saying anything. But, um, but what, what, what had happened was that I stopped going to the gym. I stopped going to the connections in the gym that would encourage me two or three times a week. And so I started to get back into the old habits of eating the ice cream and the chocolates and the cakes and the lollies and the sugar hits and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and then I'd get on the scales. And then I woke up one day, went on the scales, and yeah, we got speaking scales at home. And the scale said to me, one at a time, please. And then I knew, man, I put on too much weight. <laughs> I'm only kidding. That's an exaggeration. But the fact is, came back from the cruise and decided, better go back to the gym. And kaboom, it was like my, per my old trainer had to go up to the Central Coast. So I got a new trainer and um, he started just focusing in on, John, we've got to get you back healthy again. You've got to be doing this. Keep you accountable. Here's the scales. Get you on there. Man alive, what happened to you? And uh, so, no, it's okay. doesn't matter where you are. We can take you on from here. So, so that accountability just got me on the straight and narrow. And so since the cruise, I've lost eight kilos. I'm feeling better about myself. Able to wear this jacket and do up the buttons without it splitting the seams at the back. It's always a good thing when you can do up the buttons and you don't sort of split the seams at the back. Do you hear what I'm saying? Is that in any area of life, we need that encouragement and it's safety and it keeps us accomplishing our goals. As soon as you separate, you're on your own, baby. And when you're on your own, you're easy picking for the enemy, whether it be spiritual things, whether it be physical things, whether it be emotional things. And the enemy's job is to try to disconnect you. That's, that's, his, whole, that's his whole job. Let me give you another reason that we know to stay connected. And that's stay connected. And that's the contribution factor. Contribution. 1 Peter 4.10 says, We've all received a special gift from God. And because we've received it, we need to give that gift to others and minister it to others according to the grace that was given us. Now, this is what I find. I find that maturity happens when you contribute. When you don't contribute, you stay immature. And so, and so you look at children. How many of you how many of you've got children? Let me tell you, one of the worst things that you can do for your children is do everything for them. You want to keep your child immature? 
just do everything for them. So, you know, they're 35 years of age and you're still making their lunch. You're still doing their bed. You're still washing their dirty undies. And they're 35 years of age. Then you wonder why they'll never get married because they're immature. You say, oh, what? You're criticizing my loved one. Yes, I am. Because maturity is about contributing. Maturity is about what can I do to help? So maturity says, no, I'll do this. I'll cook the dinner. I'll fix the bed. I'll do the lawns. I'll do this. I'll contribute to the household income. I'll contribute, contribute. And as soon as someone does that, you say, man, alive, that's awesome. See, it's a sign of maturity when you start to contribute. It's a sign of immaturity when you don't contribute. And so one of the things that we try to encourage you to do once, I mean, hey, Chris, give your baby a little bit of time to contribute. You know, at the moment, it's a little baby, so it's crying. You need to feed it. But once it gets to a special stage of life, encourage that child to contribute. If, if a child, I mean, my sister and I would actually stand on chairs to wash the dishes. And what was one of the reasons? Well, my mother's hands were, were infected and she had an infection on her hands. And so dad said, you guys have got to contribute. So he'd put two chairs one would wash and one would dry. That's how little we were. And that was part of our contribution to the family. We started, I mean, we were complaining like Billio, but let me tell you. <laughs> contribution, contribution. And now that I'm 56 years of age, oh, I've learned. I have learned big time. When Anne asks anything of me, rather than dilly-dallying and procrastinating, I've learned I'm going to do it right now with joy. Yes, dear, straight away. What do you want me to do? Yeah, of course I will. It's like, why, why miss out on all those points? Why miss out when your points can go ding, 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 ding? And what's more, if she ever tells anybody, it's like, I just get points for doing nothing. It's just an amazing thing, you know. It's like just by her telling others, I get points. It's just amazing. And if she doesn't, I'm telling others, so it's okay. I'm still getting points. It's an amazing thing. My love bank is just overflowing. It's a wonderful thing. Okay. Contribution. Got to contribute. Got to contribute to the church. The other thing, it's a discipleship factor as well. Discipleship is all about Obeying Christ's commands. And you can't obey all of Christ's commands isolated. You say, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm, you know, I'm telling you now, you cannot obey Christ's commands isolated. You can only obey Christ's commands if you're connected. He said, how dare you say that? Well, I'm saying it. Why are you saying it? Because... I'm preaching the Bible. So the Bible is full of commands that we are to do with one another. And so you can't fulfill these 33 commands isolated. You have to be connected. And so there's 33 one another's in the Bible. Be at peace with one another. Wash one another's feet. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another. Instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. How many of you do that? You haven't done that? Huh? It's just, 
as long as it's holy. Serve one another. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Carry each other's burdens. Bear one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving one another. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. There's, there's stacks of them. And what you see here is that it's all connected to the body. We have to be connected to each other to be able to do this to one another and become a disciple of Christ. And the disciple of Christ, simple definition is someone who obeys all Christ's commands. See, you're either a convert, and a convert simply has repented of sins and received Christ, or you've moved on to being a disciple where you've done that, and now you're pursuing fulfilling all of Christ's commands. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'm willing to do. That's what a disciple is. And so a disciple is connected, not disconnected. Let me just finish off by saying two hindrances to getting connected. And this is so important that you understand this because if people are disconnected, it's either one or the other of these two. You're either hurt and you've become offended or you've got unresolved past issues. They're the two hindrances to getting connected. Offense and unresolved past hurts. So, hey, how many of you got an opportunity every day almost to get offended? I'm, I, look, I can get offended. Easy. Matter of fact, I grew up in an Italian culture where it's like the culture of offense. My goodness. Ask, ask Rocco and Olga there. I mean, if you've got the culture of offense, you're always, oh, we've got to be careful because if, if I don't do this, they're going to get offended. And if I say this, they're going to get offended. And it's like you live your life by trying to avoid offense. It's just, it's just it's a terrible way to live life because too many people are easily how many of you know people that are easily offended? How many of you love people that are easily offended? How many of you just want to hang out 24-7 with people that are easily offended? I mean, more often than not, we try to avoid people that are easily offended just in case we offend them. It's like, what am I saying to you? Why don't you be the person that's unoffendable rather than being the person that's easily offended? Just be the person that says, I'm not going to let this stuff stick to me. Because, because you will get offended, and that's not your choice. You will get offended. Offense will come your way. This is what your choice is, whether you become offended. You can't avoid getting offended, but you can avoid becoming offended. And Too many people have been offended in church. They've been offended. Somebody said something. Somebody didn't talk to me. The pastor didn't shake my hand. They didn't sing the song that I wanted. The music is too loud. The music is too soft. The music is too fast. The music is too slow. The speakers resonate in my ears. Oh, God, help us. <laughs> Offense is around every corner. They ask too much of me. They don't ask enough of me. How do you work that one out? You know, It's like... And so, and so I don't know how many people are walking around Australia offended, offended, offended. And they're offended with churches that Jesus is building. Then they sit in the little groups criticizing the church. Don't become like that. That's not going to help you. You're not going to flourish. Then other people get offended. They just carry offense because they've got unresolved stuff in the past. You know, The pastor reminds me of my father. And I hate my father. Okay can't help who I remind you of you know just so many things that are unresolved in people's past and can I just say to you that if you're carrying this truckload 
of unresolved junk from the past. Wherever you go, the stench of that junk will just fill your atmosphere. The day's got to come where you say, you know what? I'm just consuming too much energy carrying the junk from the past. And the day has come where I've just got to be free from it, let it go and put it behind me. And that's what you've got to do. Don't live life dominated by your past. Live life free from your past. Use wisdom. Absolutely. Let the past add wisdom to you. But don't let the past put junk in your trunk and leave it there. Come on. My past is all about me learning to become wise and moving forward, but not to hold me back in some offense and unresolved thing. And, uh, you know, and that's so important that you understand that. So you can be free to connect. And so, what, so what, what is the whole purpose of this message? The whole purpose of this message is to say to you that if you connect, you will flourish. If you disconnect, you won't. And so be connected. Don't just come to church, do the religious thing on Sunday, and then go home. Get connected. You know, this is all part of connection. Go to a connect group. Get connected. You're going to have connect group leaders all over the place today. Just get connected. Go to a connect group. Find, find one. Maybe the first one you go to won't be the one that you want to stay at. But, but there's plenty in our church for you to discover and to find so that you can be connected. And that's what it's all about, is being connected. You've got these guys in the front row. They're connected, see? And that's why they love this church, because they feel accepted and connected. And that's, that's just awesome. And we love that. You know, we've got so many different nationalities in our church that, that, that are connected because they feel accepted. And that's what this church is all about. And the testimony from Edwin today and, and uh, Joyce earlier on this morning is all about the joy of connection. And, and you can tell when people are connected because they're thriving, they're flourishing. You can tell when people disconnect because you can see it in their face. Something's happened. Disconnect. And just remember this. The enemy's work is to disconnect you, put you in the rear, where you start to be a straggler, and then he can pick you off and you fall in your journey rather than finish your journey. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 